Good evening. Good morning to those tuning into the show right now. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson of Last Word Productions. As you all know by now, if you don't know, I always get the last word. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back for my return. I've been somewhat busy of late. I'm not even going to say somewhat. I've been a lot of busy of late. <laughs> and truth be told, guys, I just haven't had the time to be recording podcasts, man. I truly do, truly, sincerely apologize for that, but... Ladies and gentlemen, I am back. I will be doing my due diligence to stay on top of things more often. But before we get into anything, I want to say this first and foremost. If you all do not know by now, I am on TikTok. I have grown a bit of a following over there. Last Word Productions is my sports page. My own personal page is the underscore the underscore black underscore Sasuke. If you all want to follow me on there, I talk anime. I talk just anything randomly, honestly, but mostly it's about anime. So I will say if you all want to hear me speak on different things unrelated to sports, you can always go there. But if you want to hear more of my sports takes, I'm on YouTube and TikTok as well. Look it up. Last Word Productions, just like the name of the podcast. But let's get off into the NBA news real quick. And as you all know, last time we spoke, a lot of things have happened thus far, including the playoffs themselves. And... First thing I want to speak on is this, man. I want to speak on this whole Giannis speaking of what failure is. It has no true quote-unquote failure in the NBA. The people, teams just learn and grow for the next season. And I'm here to tell y'all this straight up, folks. That's horseshit. I'm going to just be blunt and completely frank with you. That is complete horseshit doo-doo. Because... If it was LeBron or Kevin Durant or whomever other player that's been scrutinized and ridiculed by the media for whatever reason, for simply just existing, they wouldn't have took that in response to them. But because Giannis is a lovable guy, he's, you know, funny, relatable, things of that nature, guys tend to listen to what he has to say more and they tend to give him more slack. Me, personally, I'm not giving neither of those guys passes. Not LeBron, not Kobe, KD, Giannis, whatever great player on the name, Jordan, doesn't matter. Great players are held to great standards. If he cannot live up to those standards and if we just going to give him passes, we can no longer call him the best player in the league. Because y'all haven't given Jordan B passes. I never heard anyone call Joel the best player in the league. Y'all haven't given Anthony Davis passes for his injuries. Haven't, haven't heard no one just sitting there say, oh, you know what, AD will be better. He just got to get back healthy. Y'all literally nicknamed this man Street Clothes Davis. Haven't heard no one give Kawhi Leonard passes. All I'm saying is this, man. If we're going to sit here and give passes to players just because we like them more, then we got to stop holding these players to these great standards. Because at the end of the day, I don't care how he wants to slice it. Whenever you're a one seed and you just win one playoff game to end your season when you had the best record in the league and you had championship aspirations and expectations, that's a failed season. Regardless of how he wants to put it, regardless of how he wants to view it, that's a failed season by definition. Like, the literal definition of failure is, matter of fact, let's look it up together, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to look up the definition of failure, and I want you all to tell me this does not match the definition of, this doesn't match what the Bucks achieved this season, or let's say underachieved. The literal definition of fail, not achieving its end or not lasting, unsuccessful, that's literally what the Bucks season was. It literally, the first thing says not achieving its end. 
we all view this team at the bare minimum as one of the four best teams in the East. They didn't even finish in the semi-conference finals, bro. They were a one-and-done squad. I get it. Injuries happen. I get it. You feel me? You 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 flamed out at the end. Coach Bud, who I'm going to talk about in a bit, flamed out as a coach. He made some egregious calls. He substitutes always been terrible. He didn't take timeouts when he should have. Timely timeouts that led to timely baskets against you or fouls, whatever the case may be. Listen, man. Regardless of the reasoning, it's a failed season because the the expectation wasn't that you all would lose in the first round, especially after you just got the best record in the league and was the best team in the East and by standards. That that wasn't the expectation. It wasn't the expectation to lose to the AFC, bro. Regardless of whomever you played, that wasn't the expectation. Like we have to stop giving guys passes because we like them more. The At the end of the day, the team as a whole failed. Whether you want to say it was Giannis primarily, whether you want to say it was Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Coach Budenheiser, whoever, they failed. And there's no ands or buts about it. We can sit here and make all the excuses we want for these guys, bro. It was a failed season. That's all we can say. That's all that needs to be said. I don't see how we could look at it any other way. Because at the end of the day, they failed. It's a failed season. They always come back next year. I'm not saying they can't. But if you're, if it's just like with his analogy he gave. He said that if you don't get a job promotion every year, do you have, did you fail? No, that's, that's not the right analogy. If my boss or someone I work with was to give me a task and I did not complete the said task, then I did fail. The task at hand, the job at hand was, to go at the very least be a title contender. You're not a title contender losing in the first round, bro. You're not. <laughs> so you you failed. That that's what that is. But at the end of the day, moving on, I do think Coach Budenheiser, Budenheiser, he needs to go. I I think he's. I've said if you've been listening to me, guys, you know how I feel about Coach Bud. He's a terrible coach. I've said this for about four years now. Four three four years. I've said this about this guy. He's not a good coach. Not a good coach. He doesn't make any in-game adjustments to help his ball club. His his rotations are questionable at best to me. And on top of all of that, to top it off now, his time management is horrendous. I think this dude simply put his time is up. I think the one lucky ring he's so happened to stumble upon because he had great players. I think I think it's feeling real dark river-ish. And I think he needs to go ahead and yeah, I think he needs to let it go, man. He he's had his time, he had his fame. You feel me? Let it go before you start making yourself look even worse than I know what you are. Let it go. He he's he's not a good coach, guys. Please take my word for when I say that he's not a good coach. If you haven't been convinced now, I don't know when you'll be convinced. You'll probably be convinced after they go another four or five seasons underperforming and hearing more Giannis's speeches on the podium. I don't know. But I'm telling y'all now, if he remains the coach, they're not competing for another title. Because at the end of the day, they're not going to be in another situation where they ran into a hurt, prolific scoring team. Or they're going to be in another situation where they run into a Miami Heat team who's well coached typically that got out coached in that one series. It's not happening, bro. It's not going to happen. 
Don't bet your luck on it. I would rather bet on them not being prepared to play these guys versus them being prepared. It's, it's not going to happen. Not with Coach Bud. He, he needs to go. If they want to compete, he needs to go. But let's go ahead and let that go. And I'm going to speak on the NBA standings thus far. For the first time ever in NBA history, all eight seeds will be in the final eight. And for both conferences, which is a beautiful thing to see, man. These playoffs have been extremely exciting so far, man. Kings and the Warriors series just ended with a bang. Steph Curry, 50 points, first 50-point game in a Game 7 in NBA history. Now the Warriors taking on the Lakers. I've seen the odds. The Warriors are the favorites in that series, which I think they should be because I do believe the Warriors win this series. I, I want the Lakers to win, but I, I just think the Warriors get out of I, I just think they get out runs, run a lot. I think they're going to wear the Lakers down. They they have a good blend of young guys, but a lot of the young guys aren't really scores. I mean, defensive-minded guards or players. So they, they're going to be playing the other end more. Good defensive team. They get, you know, they can protect the paint. But the thing about the Lakers, they can beat you outside going in. So it's going to be kind of difficult for them in terms of a matchup. But I do think they match up well against the Warriors as well in terms of that inside presence. The Warriors don't really truly have rim protection outside of Looney. But even then, it's a bit shaky because he's not necessarily a rim protector per se. He he does a solid job at it. I'm not going to say he's bad. I think Looney is underappreciated. But I'm not going to say as if he's one of the better rim protectors in the league. He's he's really not. He he is a hardworking and he's a... You feel me? He's a he's a guy who brings his lunchbox and pail every game, every night. But he he's not one of those guys you're fearing going in the lane and second guessing a layup attempt or a dunk. He's he's not one of those guys. But I do think the Warriors win this series in six. I I, I truly do hope I am wrong about that. But I do think the Warriors win this series. The Miami Heat started off great in a series against the Knicks. Jumped out to a 1-0 lead, even despite the fact Jimmy Butler suffered a sprained ankle to seem like hopefully he's good for the next game. Hopefully Julius Randle comes back for the next game as well. I can see this series also going to six. I, I got the Miami Heat in six in that series. Also, we got to go to the Boston in the Sixers series. And let me say this, man. I know they're going to be announcing the, the winner of the MVP award soon. And rightfully so, I do believe Joel Embiid will win the MVP award. I don't I don't truly doubt that he won't. But the fact that he's doubtful for game one and possibly could miss the first two games of the series, something we, we gotta start having this conversation about these players, man, because the same thing happened with Kawhi Leonard with the Suns and the Clippers series, and I'm gonna get into that in a bit. But it, these these players, I don't know what it is. A medicine has been as good as it ever has been in the, the league history. I don't know how these guys continuously miss these big-time games, opportunities for themselves. But if if I'm James Harden, if I'm Tyrese Maxey, if I'm these guys who can legitimately be contributors on a championship team, I don't know how much longer I would want to deal with, with Joel Embiid, man. I'm just being honest with y'all, man. Like It, it seems as if every year he's dealing with something. That's lingering. I mean, last season he dealt with a a, a a banged up hand or something like that. It, it was it was something like that. It was something that hindered him in that Miami series, man. But 
at the end of the day, man, it's like, it's every year with this dude. Like, at some point, man, you, you, it, it, it's, you don't want to make it out to be like, it's his fault. Cause at the end of the day, no one wants to be injured. I, I'm more than positive the man wants to go out there and compete and for a title, but it just grows tiresome, bro. Like, you're tired of losing and you, only thing you can always fall back on is like, well, our best player was hurt. No one, no one cares at that point, bro. He's always hurt. So what does that mean? Maybe we got to move on. That, that's what I mean. And I don't think the sisters going to move on from the beat. So what's the next alternative? I think guys going to start leaving. I think there's a real possibility that if the sexes don't win it this year, I think James Harden walks. I, th- I think he leaves. I think it's a possibility that Tyrese Maxey could even leave. I don't think he will. More than likely he won't because I think the sexes will ink him to a long-term deal. But, I mean, these, these, these guys want to win at the end of the day. They want to win. James Harden took the pay cut to sign players to get there who could contribute to a championship team. He didn't take that pay cut for Joel Embiid to get hurt again. He wants to win. That's what he wants. So to continue to see a guy go down with injuries and and not be there when you need him most, it, it could grow frustrating. But with that being said, I don't see how in the world they win this series, especially if Joel Embiid isn't playing the first two games. I think you're just giving away two games right there. I, I truly believe that. I think you're giving away two games. I, I don't. I don't know how they don't get swept in this series. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I'm gonna be transparent. I don't see how they're not getting swept. Because if Joel Embiid is missing the first two games, that means he's gonna come back to Game Three somewhat rusty because he would have been sat out for about almost two weeks. So that means now you're down 3-0. And if, if y'all going to sit here and try to convince me that they're going to have a bats against the wall and suddenly just turn a flip a switch, I don't see that happening. I don't see how they don't get swept by the Celtics, if I'm being completely transparent with you guys. Then last series, I wanted to speak on the Nuggets and the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and the Suns, which we see in that game, one of yesterday. The Suns absolutely shot the lights out on the Suns. I mean, the Nuggets absolutely shot the lights out on the Suns, man. They made 16 three-pointers. Jamal Murray dropped 34 points. He was prolific. And I think there's a serious, serious issue that the Suns are currently facing. And I heard uh, someone speak about this early on a podcast, and I think he made a great point, even though this is something people may not want to hear because, you know, fan favorite player. But I do believe they have to consider not playing Chris Paul these big minutes. I, I just think he, 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 there's no one for him to guard on the court. Can't guard Jamal Murray. It ain't happening. Young legs, fresh legs. He's playing with peak confidence right now. Chris Paul, at this age, at this point in his career, he's not up for that task. It, it is what it is. It's not to sit here and try to bash him or try to, you feel me, belittle his legacy or the player he has been his entire career is simply just the truth that he's not running and competing against this guy for 45 35 minutes it's not happening no more it's just not him it's not i think they need to go ahead and start tory craig you know if he's not already starting i believe he is but i could be wrong i think a joshua kogi would be the next guy up then which who is also a pretty solid defender i think you go ahead and implement him in the starting role 
you you throw bodies at Jamal Murray, man, because it's not like Chris Paul is out there giving you endless buckets to the point where you can't replace him because his offensive production. He he's not he's not a prolific scorer anymore. He's he's never really been that, but he's not the scorer he once was. He's not the defender he once was. He can still play make at a pretty damn high level, but it, it, in this specific series, man, you need bodies in front of a guy like Jamal Murray right now, man, because he simply is just playing with the utmost confidence. Like he he looks like how he did in the bubble about three years ago. He he's just playing at a different kind of air like atmosphere right now for himself. He simply looks more confident and refined in this game and i i don't think the i don't think the Suns need to chance them taking the chance on him just cooling it down because when we seeing him hot man he's he stays hot for not just a game he stay hot for a series this this dude is legit man and if i'm the Suns. I, I'm strongly, if I'm the son of Monte Williams, I'm strongly considering that possibility that I really might need to bench Chris Paul. I think you, I think you have to consider it. I think it would be in his utmost best interest to bench him. I, I truly believe that. Now, again, that's not saying it's going to happen because I, I doubt that it will. But if they were serious, I think they need to do that. But I don't think they will. So therefore, I think the Nuggets take this series in six. I want to be surprised if we got pushed to seven because at the end of the day, the Suns got a lot of firepower on the offensive end. The only problem is I don't see them having many answers for Jamal Murray or DeAndre. I mean, not DeAndre or Nikola Jokic because DeAndre Aiden simply is playing too soft, ladies and gentlemen. If he doesn't get his, if he doesn't get his lunchbox and pill, like I just said about Kevin Looney earlier, it's gonna be a long damn series. <laughs> it is because Nikola Jokic, he may play with finesse, but he will put his body in you. He will tire you down. DeAndre Ayton has to be up for that task. And game one, he was not. It's just to say it's short and simple, he wasn't. But it's one game. It is what it is. We'll see how it go. My thing is, though, I just believe it has to come down to wanting it more. And I don't think DeAndre Ayton wants it enough right now. That's that's just my personal opinion. But that's enough for the winners. Let's get into the losers who I think has a bright future coming up, man. And I want to say this first and foremost. I think the Kings have nothing to be ashamed of in this in this NFL and not NFL, excuse me, in the NBA draft or how it panned out. You lost to a more experienced team, championship pedigree. It happens. It is what it is. You feel me? I feel like a lot of calls did not go your way this game, but that's the nature of the beast. You got to play through it. They simply didn't. Steph Curry did what great players do, and he had a great damn game. You got to live. You got to live with that, man. You got to tap your cap to him. You feel me? And you live with the results. But at the end of the day, I know they were upset with themselves because Simply put, they they had every chance to win this series, bro. They 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 could have won this series, and they just could not pull it out. It's it's fine, I get it, but I know that I know they're kicking themselves just a tad bit, man. That's just my personal opinion, though. 
But let's get off into the NFL news. As we all know, the draft was recently, literally ended, I believe, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. So the draft just recently happened. And we're going to get into some winners and losers of my NFL draft. And I'm going to start with the biggest loser for me. And the biggest loser, I'm going to have to go to Detroit Lions, man. I mean, not, again, listen, nothing against the Lions. I think they're an up-and-coming team. I think they have a chance to be really, really improved and really good this coming season. But I'm sorry, man. To me, my personal opinion, they reach for the stars in Jameer Gibbs and Jake Campbell. Not bad players at all. Not bad. Let me make that very clear. They're not bad players. I like Jake Campbell. I think he fits exactly what Detroit wants to do. And I think Jameer Gibbs, I think he was arguably a top three running back in this draft. But, man, when they drafted these guys at 12 or 18, I just felt as if it was just so much more they could have done, bro. You could have traded back, got these guys, got more picks for the future, et cetera. I just think they reached a little bit too hard and wide for these guys. Me, personally, if you wanted to trade, draft these guys a little too early than what they were projected to go or what a lot of teams had them going, just trade back, man. I mean, that's what I mean. No one even had Jake Campbell going in the first round, let alone a mid pick. It was my first opinion, man. It was it was a bit head scratching for me, but it was done is done for the Lions. Again, they're good players. I'm not saying they're not. They just was reaches. That's that's my personal opinion. And then. The biggest winner for me in this draft, man, honestly, it was a lot of good drafts, bro. I loved what the Eagles did. I love what the Steelers did. I love what the Bears did. I thought the Bears had a pretty solid draft. I thought the Ravens had a solid draft. It's a lot of teams I could go with, man, but I have to go with I have to go with the Cardinals, man, for the best draft, bro, because listen, man, listen to me when I say this, man. The Cardinals addressed it, their biggest need of the team for me personally, I believe so, in Paris Johnson at the right tackle at number six overall. Not only did not only did they trade down, you feel me, and they got a first round pick. They also they also went on long ahead and drafted another really good guard to me, excuse me, John Gaines out of UCLA. They got a good corner to me and Garrett Williams. I also believe that they drafted a pretty good, pretty good depth piece in Stanford. Michael Stanford's Michael Wilson, that receiver. I, and I don't, I don't really believe that it's 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 bad that they're drafting things in the need of their young quarterback who they just gave this huge contract to, like. I think that, I think they did pretty damn well building around him in this draft. I think they did solid. I, I think they had A minus A picks across the board. I think the Steelers also did something along those lines. I just think the Cardinals did slightly a little bit above better. I think the Eagles did the same. But man, I, I, I loved what the Cardinals did, man. I love what a lot of teams did in this draft. I'm gonna be honest with y'all, man. I thought the Seahawks had a damn good draft too. But that's just me personally. I got I think I think they did the best out of the teams. Now y'all know I gotta speak about my team personally, man. I gotta talk about the Dolphins. And I'm gonna tell y'all this now. 
I'm not the happiest with our draft. I'm not mad at it. I'm not upset or anything like that. But I am a little bit underwhelmed. And I say underwhelmed because I just expected something of slight difference. Like drafting Cam Smith, corner out of South Carolina. I get it. Good player. Solid player. Had a first-round grade, a little bit of character issues off the field. Some scouts were really high on him, saying he's a first-round talent, day one pick. Other scouts weren't saying that he's a head case. One one scout literally said, and I'm not, you feel me, paraphrasing this. He literally said that his off-the-field sugar honey iced tea isn't worth the headache. And that was wild to me because I have I don't remember the last time I heard a scout just blatantly say something like that. But he is a good player on the field. It just somewhat bothers me because this is a depth and in the future pick. And I feel as if this team didn't trade for these guys or sign these guys like you didn't go out and get Tyreek Hill and Jenna Ramsey for the future. You went out and got these guys for now. So I just it just doesn't make sense for me to trades for the future, quote unquote, which are first pick in this draft, and it's a corner. I mean, you have plenty of corners. I I know they're a lot of them coming back from injury, but you know they're capable. You know Nick Needham is a capable corner. You know Trey Williams was your fourth best corner. I I, I hear rumors he's supposed to be moved to safety. Fine, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, Kato Kohu gave you good snaps as well. You just went and got Jenner Ramsey. Xavier Howard coming back. I know he had a down year, but let's not act as if that players that haven't had down years and they ain't bounced back before. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying we should bet on it because he is getting older, but do I expect him to perform at the level he did last season? No, I expect him to be better, simply put, because he has a running mate now that is going to help him in a better system with better pass rushes now. So I just don't see how he's going to get worse. I just I just don't see that. Now, that being said, so the Cam Smith pick was a bit of a head-scratcher for me. One pick I did love was the Devon Achain pick. Man, I love this pick, bro. Like it, I I know this was another position. It was just more, more of a luxury pick than an actual need. But at this point, when you're in the third round, you're not really drafting needs anymore, bro. You're drafting more so like, like you know, you're drafting more so guys who can help you come in and make a boom or bust kind of plays for you or guys who come in and compete for jobs. This is what this pick is for me. A guy who come in and compete for a job. This guy, 4-3-2 speed, electrifying player, watched him rush for over 200 yards against LSU, absolutely carved them up, killed them. This guy, this guy is a damn stud, bro. He, he's a little small over back, but, man, he runs like damn wind, man. This guy, out, out the backfield threat, he's he's more, he's more better in between the tackles than he's giving credit for. I, I I think this guy is – I think he really can come in and compete for a starting job on this team day one. I really do believe that. He has that high of a ceiling. And with Raheem Moser, excuse me, a Jeff Wilson injury history, there's no surprise to me at all if he gets into the rotation sooner than later. Then after that, we got Elijah Higgins. And this is one of another those scrad hatching picks for me. Because 
I have no issue at all with them drafting a project player. You feel me in the uh, sixth round? I have no issue with all with that. My issue is though, if you want to draft a project player at tight end, at least draft a tight end. We're talking about a dude who is a receiver that you're trying to convert to a tight end. I'm sorry, man. I, that 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 just doesn't really bode well with me. I've never been a one to believe that receivers can turn into tight ends or tight ends can turn into receivers or, you know, just the. I, I get they're pretty much the same position in today's league, but it's still a discrepancy there somewhat. I just don't like that they are taking the play out of his whole position that he's played his entire collegiate career at, and now you're trying to make this transition at the NFL level. That's a lot that you're asking of a guy, in my personal opinion. I get it, though. He's a six-round pick for a reason. That's why you drafted him this late, because it's a project. You want to see if it can work. I get it. I just think it was... I just think if you're going to go tight end or try to have a project, at least draft an actual tight end. That's, that's just me, though. And then with the last pick, we got Ryan Hayes, Michigan O'Tackle, which I'm not that big on like how other people are. Not saying this guy isn't solid, but for one, we're talking about a seven-round pick here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not get overhyped and make it seem like he's going to come in and just compete for a starting job. He's not. He's a, he's a depth piece at the very best. He's the, He's a depth piece. The the Dolphins, Chris Greer specifically, has already made it clear as day that they are moving forward with Austin Jackson as their right tackle. They feel comfortable and confident with him there, which does concern me a bit because I have zero idea why they are just continuously dying on this hill as if Austin Jackson is just this phenom waiting to come out or as like with Liam Eichelberg as well, like they're just going to figure it out one day. I have zero idea why they're willing to down this hill. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, but what I do know is that they're convinced that the O-line was not a real big need to be fixed. That's fine. If that's how they feel, that's how they feel. I personally strongly, wholeheartedly disagree, but I, I can't, I can't speak for them. I can only speak for me. I will say that I don't agree, but, you know, it doesn't matter if I agree or not. They, they're they going to do whatever they feel is best for the team. And what they feel is best for the team is, well, not not drafting a capable starting tackle. Again, not me. Not me. That's what I believe. And so with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and get off into some, <clears throat> excuse me, some fan Q&A. Some of these may be old, but let's go for it. All right. So a lot of these questions I already asked for, but I got some that I can answer. So a good friend of mine, Mason Moon, asked, AR-15, is he Lamar Jackson 2.0? Tell me why he's not on the pod. <laughs> you already answered the question. That I know I don't believe he's AR-15. I mean, I don't, I don't believe Anthony Richardson, and by the way, I do believe he will do great things with the Colts. They got the same coach from the Eagles that helped Hurts and his development. They got a good team over there to help him develop. So I think he will be just fine there. But I don't think he's Lamar Jackson 2.0. If anything, I think he's Cam Newton. I think 
Cam, just like Cam Newton, a phenomenal athlete. He's even a better athlete than Cam, which is crazy to hear. A phenomenal athlete, great talent, big body guy, could take hits, deep ball accuracy, and I think he I think he has a better accurate ball than he's given credit for. This guy can this guy can throw the damn ball. Any throw in the field he can make. So no, I don't think he's Lamar Jackson two point But that doesn't mean he's not gonna be a great player. I think he will be. Next question that's relative. Deontay comes from Deontay R. Kraft. He says, what will happen with the Mavs this offseason? Uh, I think personally what's going to happen with the Mavs and what I believe should happen. What, right, let me let me look at this from two different perspectives. Let me look at it from perspective what I believe they should do. I think they have to do whatever they can to resign Kyrie Irving. You don't draft, you don't trade away the assets you traded away just for him to leave. You don't do that. You 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 literally traded away your two best perimeter defenders for this guy. You already don't have perimeter defense and rim protection. At the very least, keep your scores. <laughs> like at the very least, do that. Don't let him walk. They have to keep Kyrie Irving. I don't care how much money you got to sign him for. You got to do it now. You traded away your guys already. You might as well get them. So yeah. I think they got to resign Kyrie. They have to go out and get some defenders, and they have to get some rebounders, bro. I personally, I don't see why they want to go out and go go for a guy like Dylan Brooks. I get it. I get it. Listen, I get it. He is not in a good light right now with the media. I understand completely. But Dylan Brooks is still a solid player in the league, and he's still a solid defender in the league. He can still play gritty defense. He's a tough-nosed player. He's not the most consistent scorer, but he can put the ball in the basket at at somewhat of a decent level. He, his, his shot attempts and his shot choices is bad. I will say that. Shot selection, I should say, is bad. But he still is a good player in terms of role playing. He, he can be a good role player. He's a good defender. I think he can be that. I think he can be a good piece for the mass to add. And I think they need to add some rebounding, man, because it's a possibility Christian Wood even leaves. But I think they need to add rebounding, man. I, I, I truly do believe they need to try to see what the hell the Mav, the um, not Mavs, but the Timberwolves are asking out of for Carl Anthony Towns. Like he's a scoring big, he could he could do something for you, and he's not the greatest rim protector, but he can grab some rebounds. I mean, you got to try to get better. You have to. Should the Lakers move on from Braun? This is also from Deontay R. Kraft. I don't believe so, man. Braun is at towards the end of his career. He's helping them more so than anything. I can see why you would say that though, but I, I think they I don't think they move on from Braun. Is there a roster Boogie Cousins could legitimately make and help contend for a playoff spot? Uh the upcoming seasons. Mm, if he's fully healthy now, I'm assuming he could get back to somewhat of what he used to be. I think he could go to the Rockets again and make them, make them a good playoff con, playoff contending or team. Not a champion contending team, but playoff contending team. I think he could do that for the Rockets. Hell, I think he got a good chance to do that for the Mavs. I mean, that's what what do they need? Def- defense and rebounding. He 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 may not be the greatest defensive player, but he could rebound. So I don't I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do that for them. But. That's all I got for today, guys. 
Thank y'all for tuning in to the show once again, man. Please be sure to like, subscribe on YouTube. I am on YouTube, Last Word Productions. I'm on Facebook, Last Word Productions. I'm on TikTok, you guessed it, Last Word Productions. Twitter, same thing, Last Word Productions. So please just go ahead and follow the page if you haven't already. Thank you all once again, and I'll see you on the next one.